Welcome. You're about to listen to a teaching of the Foursquare Gospel Church, VGC District. At Foursquare, we believe in the transformation of communities through the multiplication of disciples, leaders, churches, and movements. May your hearts be blessed and transformed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Angela. And thank you, uh, friends, for having me. It's um, a great privilege and honor to be in the presence of the Lord with you guys. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we magnify your holy name. Ancient of days, the beginning of all beginnings, you are the one who suspended this head on nothing. And it has never fallen down since, ever since. Glory be to your name. Thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for speaking to us. And thank you for choosing us. We pray that, Father, through this ministration, that you touch lives. You grant us the grace to rise above reproach, to rise above shame, and that your name alone will be glorified. Let the giants in us be awakened today. And let your name alone be magnified. But we pray with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, may God Almighty help us as we go, go through this ministration. Uh, so let's look at um, the hangout test for today. We'll be taking from the book of First Peter 2 verse 9. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. So I just want us to go there. And it has been a theme for the month. 1 Peter 2, looking at verse 9. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, But ye are his chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So today we'll be looking at the topic, you are a chosen generation. You are a chosen generation. So we we'll just look at this uh, piece. I pray that God Almighty will transform our hearts. Uh, even myself, I'm believing that after this ministration, that God will do a new thing. In the mighty name of Jesus. So you are a chosen generation. And when you look at that, it could mean you've been elected, predestinated, elected. You've been called out. A chosen generation. So that's talking about, when you look at that uh, doctrine of predestination and election, it's all written in the Bible. If you look at the book of Mark, chapter 13, verse 20. And he said, if the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. And if you move to the book of Revelation, he spoke about the book of life. He said, those who their names have not been found in the book of life. And he made mention of, said, the names written from the creation of the world. From the creation of the world. And if you have to link it to the aspect that he said no one comes to the father except he draws him. So which means right from the beginning he shows us. And the question is why? 
Why would God Almighty choose me, Alex, from the beginning of the world, right from the beginning? You know, I mean, look at, we are more than six billion in the whole wide world, and God just decided, it's okay, oh, I love this guy. I love this sinner, and I'm going to save him. And the Bible says, he made that plan of redemption right from when Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the Garden of Eden. He sent his only begotten son. He made that plan right from the beginning. And he sent his only begotten son to come and die for us. And in those days, you know the plan of you know, salvation. That they will kill the, you know, they will kill uh, Ram to make sacrifice for the atonement of sin. Just, you know, for the sin, the remission of sin. You know, and they kept on doing that. Until Jesus came and died for us on the cross of Calvary. And the Bible says at that moment, the vein that separated the holy from the most holy place was torn from, you know, from top you know, to bottom. And he gave us access. Say in those days, when you want to speak to God, you will require a priest. But now he has given us access. So you can see, when you are saying chosen, a royal priesthood, chosen people, chosen generation, he decided to do that. And he opened that access. He opened it up. And so, okay, why will it open it? It's just because he loves us. We do not deserve it. It's nothing about maybe what we have done or how we've been able to maybe make sacrifice on our own or maybe we've invested one or two things, but he decided to do it for us. Hallelujah. He decided to do it for us. And if you look at the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says it shows us before the creation of the world. Before the creation of the world. That's when it shows us. And like I said before, that book of Revelations, you can find it in Revelation 17, verse 18. The names were written in the book of life from the creation of the world. Revelation 17, verse 8. So you can take a look at it. Right from the beginning of the world, it shows us. So when you now look at it, when people talk this day about being depressed, you know, one of the things that you just need to look at is, the question is, who are you? You know, the first service we had concerning this team, the reverend spoke so much about who we are. You should try and answer that question. Who are you? You just need to settle it. It's important you're able to settle that question. Who are you? Just ask yourself that question. Who are you? The truth of the matter is, I'm not sure there has been anybody who lived on this head or who has passed through this head and had it rosy from beginning to the end. From when he was giving birth to, to the day maybe, you know, he had his last breath and, and died. I don't think it has ever been like that. So, one way or the other, there could be times whereby, you know, you're just like experiencing a kind of valley in between two hills. You know, the good thing is, there's going to be another hill. Yes, you're in valley today. There's going to be another one. So what you need to do is to put your trust in God Almighty. For you are a chosen generation. God has chosen us. Hallelujah. He has chosen us. And so God chooses chooses his people to be the object of his unmerited favor and grace. Not because we are worthy. Not because of anything that we've done, but he decided to choose us. He decided, you know, to pour that grace upon us. So let's look at the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, 
And I just want us to look at uh, verses 7 and 8. Deuteronomy 8, 7 and 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and of depths, that springs out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, and vines and fig tree and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive and honey. You know, imagine Israelites, God was saying, I'm bringing you into a land, and look at the description of that land. What did they do to deserve that land? Nothing. And when you go back to even how Abraham was called, what did he do that God called him? Absolutely nothing. But he decided to call him. And when you look at it, when Abraham yielded to that calling, the ancient of days took him from, stage, from different stages. And today we're talking about the father of faith. The father of many nations. He followed that promises. And God Almighty transformed him. And today we are referring to Abraham as we are Abraham's children. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we're going to look at the attribute of this our calling as seen in that first Peter chapter 2 verse 9. And the first thing that he said there is that chosen people. Chosen people. And for me to look at this particular chosen people, I want us to look at the book of First Corinthians chapter 26. First Corinthians chapter 1 verses 26 and 28. Chosen people. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians 1 26 to 28. The brothers, consider that at the time of your calling, not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. I just wanted to pause for a while. I don't know, maybe there are some people, one or two here, you think that maybe because, uh, paraventure because of the circumstances surrounding your birth, looking at the financial status of your parents, looking at the status of the community you're in, you just, one way or the other, decide that some things are not meant for you. Some level of greatness are not meant for you. If you have written yourself up, I just want you to look at that word. Not of noble birth. Not of noble birth. It wasn't because you were given birth to by the president of the nation. I mean, yesterday I was looking at it in the news and Consul was saying, it's only the president by the law of this nation that has the right to bring in things to the country without being charged any custom duties. So, which means if you are given back to by president, you have a lot of privileges, isn't it? You do. But he's saying not of noble birth, not of like you were given birth to by the president. But you were chosen. You were chosen. So I'm just believing God that after this ministration, you will look at yourself and say, okay, what is that thing that I've been trying and like something he'll be telling me at the back of my mind that no, this thing is not meant for you. This level of greatness is not meant for you because you don't deserve it. You didn't go to maybe first class schools. You didn't go to the federal universities. You didn't study abroad. And you are telling yourself that, no, no, you are not among them. So you can't act like them. 
and you cannot achieve it. So please listen. It is not because of what you have done. It is not a lie. The word of God does not lie. Chosen. You are a chosen generation. A chosen people. And you don't have to work for it. No. Chosen. That is what that word is saying today. Chosen. You are a chosen generation. It is not like, you know, maybe you were given back to in a very pleasant situation, brought up with silver spoon or golden spoon, whichever way you look at it. But you are a chosen generation. And I can tell you, you know, for some of us young people, let's talk now, talking about whether you're locating abroad and things like that. But for somebody like me, one of the times, most of the time I look at it, I begin to analyze. The question is, Abraham relocated to Egypt, isn't it? And when he got to Egypt, something extraordinary happened. What did Abraham tell Sarah? He said, please tell them that you are my sister, not my wife. Why? So that he, the king, gets to know that you are my wife. Maybe they will just cut off my head. So the question is, how many of you who have traveled to whether UK, US, or Canada, and you have opportunity to sit with the king or president of America or Canada? When Abraham went to Egypt, he sat with the king. He had conversation with the king. So which means where he was coming from, he was wealthy. So I just want you to look at it today. When you're going to relocate or you want to think about it, ask yourself that question. Why am I doing this? Settle it between you and God. I'm not saying don't go. I'm not saying go. But settle it. Be convinced. Because wherever Joseph found himself, when he was in Potiphar's house, he became the prominent person. When he was in prison, he became the prominent person. When he got to Pharaoh's house, what did he become? Prime Minister. So everywhere that guy was, he was the best. So you can be the best in this country. And anywhere you go in this whole wide world, you are still the best. You understand? Not because of your noble birth. Not because of the first degree, second degree, the third degree you've had. But because you want to key into this world today. You have a chosen generation. I'm going to think of it, just to portray this. When David was called, when he was anointed, when Samuel was sent to go and anoint David, the book of 1 Samuel, you know the Bible says when you go to the house of Jesse, they called, Jesse called his sons, and the first person that appeared was Heliab. And it's okay, yeah, when Samuel, you can look, take a look at it, 1 Samuel 17, when Samuel saw Heliab, the guy stood up. He wanted to anoint him. He said, yeah, this is the guy. Physically, he met all the requirements. He was supposed to be the king. Even the prophet himself said, wow, this is the guy. And I'm going to anoint him. God said, no, 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 no. That's not the guy. That's not the guy. When you look at it from the highs of your own human highs, you may miss it. But when you look at it from the spiritual highs, definitely you're on the right path. See, that's not the guy. And what happened? Jason now has all other sons, the six of them, 
you know, okay, you pass. And say, no, not this one, not this one, not this one. My God, the last guy was not even remembered until Samuel asked, Do you still have any other sons? Are these all the sons you have? You can read it, the book of 1 Samuel. I just want you to plug into this. Are these all the sons you have? Samuel 16. Isn't there anybody else? He now remember the youngest is taking care of the sheep, you know, in the bush. And I said, no, send for him. We will not sit down until he comes. I don't know how long it took, but he said we will not sit down until that guy, that guy that one way or the other does not have the qualification, the physique to be the king, to be the anointed. So we will not sit down until he comes. And that was how David was anointed. So, brethren, friends, you don't have it, you don't have it. David didn't have it. When they saw Saul, the Bible says he was taller than everyone else. He had it. But at some point, God rejected Saul. David didn't have it. So you may not have it. If you don't have it today, congratulations. You're in the right place. So you're going to set it before the God Almighty today. David did not have it. Praise the Lord. But you look at what happened afterwards. I mean, the same thing happens to Gideon. Imagine God calling Gideon in the book of Judges chapter 6, calling him a man of valor. And this is the guy that was trying to, to extract uh, wine from, uh, uh, from wheat under an oak tree, hiding from the, the Midianites. The guy running away from the enemy. But when God appeared to him, called him man of valor. And Gideon looked at him, sorry, you're making a mistake. Who are you talking to? So do you know what God is saying concerning you today? Mighty guy, mighty guy, man of valor, chosen one, chosen one. That's what he's telling you today. And it's not a mistake if you tell him like Gideon that, look, ah, no, no, sorry, are you talking to me? No, no, I think you're talking to this guy who went to Harvard, not me. You're talking to this guy who went to Walton, not me. It's not a problem. But you told him you're a mighty warrior. What happened at the end of the day? The hands justified. It means what happened? Gideon saved Israel from their trouble. The guy who did not consider himself to even amount to anything saved Israel. What happened to Moses that we spoke of today? You know, the Bible says when God called him, he told him, God, I am a man of slow words. I don't even know how to present this thing to Pharaoh. Don't worry. Don't, no, 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 no. I don't know how to present this thing. Please, leave me out of this. Leave me out of this. That was what Moses said. Isn't it? I mean, look at your Bible. That was what Moses said. But what happened at the end of the day? What did Moses do? What did God do through Moses? So today, if you are not qualified, if you've been putting up that proposal in your head and you have never written it now because you believe that it will not work out, that nobody will even reason with you, no investors will come your way and you just knock it off here because you just believe that, man, it won't work. Nobody will even listen to you. I mean, look at you. I don't even have transport fare to move from point A to point B. So why would anybody listen to me? I don't even have suits to wear. Why would anybody listen to me? Look at it today. Moses said it. 
So if you are telling yourself that today, hey, it's all well and good. But listen to this. You are a chosen generation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So because of our time, I want us to move to the fourth one. Because after the chosen generation, we talked about the holy nation, talked about the, the, the royal priesthood. You know, if you have to spend time on royal priesthood, it's a whole lot of things. It's, it's, it's impregnated with a whole lot of things. But I just want us to look at when God says, you are my possession. God's possession. God's possession. If you have your phone here, can you bring it out? God's possession. I have my phone here. You know, so the question is, who owns that phone? Who owns that phone? Right? So, if I come to you now, just forcefully take that phone away from you, what will you call me? A thief. So, which means, it's illegal, right? I cannot just take that phone away from you. So, the question is, what gave you right over that phone? Because you bought it, you pay for it. Isn't it? You bought it and has now become your phone. So, it does not matter who the manufacturer is. You have already paid the manufacturer. Now it belongs to you. So if you smash that phone on the wall or the, on the floor, what happened? Nothing. Who will arrest you? But do you know today, if you try to commit suicide and it does not work out and they arrest you, you will go to jail. You know it's illegal. So which means the life that you have within you does not even belong to you. Right? But God is saying like that phone, like this phone, I own you. How? Because he sent his only begotten son to come and die on the cross of Calvary, Your life was paid for at a price. And that price was the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. So when he says that he owns you, he does. So if God possesses you, if he owns you, now tell me, where would that devil come? To, sn to snatch you away from him. So if you go to bed at night and you have nightmare, whether witches and wizards chasing you, I want you to rise up from that sleep and still remind yourself, I'm a chosen generation. God owns me. You do not own yourself. He owns you. And you know when we were singing, I was listening to those songs. Someone who created the universe. He said the unlimited God. You know, in economics, they talked about our resources are limited. Whereas our wants is unlimited. Everyone's resources on this head is limited, whether you like it or not. No man owns all, no his all, no owns it all, isn't it? But you have God. Who owns all things? Who is unlimited? And he's telling you, you have my possession. You can try it now. Okay, let's just use maybe like head of state for instance. And you say you want to at attack the son or daughters of head of state. What do you think will happen? Definitely you must have killed all the soldiers before you are able to attack, isn't it? So now imagine ancient of days. The one who created the heavens and the earth with the word of his mouth. 
The one who suspended his whole head on nothing. The one who raised the dead, who healed the sick. And he's saying, I possess you. I own you. So whatsoever you're going through, whatsoever the tough time, the period of hardship, why don't you turn back to your maker? The one who owns you. You've been trying to help yourself out. You'll be giving yourself anxieties, worries. Maybe that isn't why you're having high blood pressure. But he is telling you, I own you. Why don't you go back to the maker? I know it's difficult to just go back to the maker and say, if indeed you own me, take care of this issue. Take care of these circumstances. Take care of whatever that I'm going through now. If indeed you own everything, that concerns me. Take care of it. He owns you. He has called you. We've seen how God has called you. The Bible says he uses the foolish things of this world to confirm, disgrace the wise. The wickest things of this world to disgrace the wise. Gideon said, I am the, if my lineage is the weakest in my father's house father's household that was what he said so if you are the weakest link I have a good news for you he has chosen you you are a chosen generation so you can rise up from whatsoever lies you've been telling yourself the limitations you've been telling yourself brothers you don't need to say because you know one MD you know one uh, GM, you know this because you know this door. That's the reason why that door will be open unto you. Because you are connected to this big man, that isn't why it will be open unto you. I'm telling you, God Almighty is saying, You are connected to me. You are connected to me. That one that you're saying because of this, your network, it's even a limitation unto you rise above that rise above that today and begin to look upward to the altar and the finisher of our faith the one who shows you from the beginning of the world and called you his home and called you his home so because of our time I just want us to pray I just want us to pray. I just want you to turn into prayers. I just want us to pray about this. I just want us to pray. You know, the Bible says that David fought all through his lifetime. He fought to the extent that even when he wanted to build tabernacle, God said, no, no, you will not be the one to build it because your hands is filled with blood. Don't worry, your son will do that. And the Bible said during the period of Solomon, he did not fight a single war. All true. And that guy was extremely rich, wealthy. He didn't fight a single war. So you're going to decree upon yourself. How many of you hear that, yes, your parents, they've suffered, gone through hardship. Now they have made it. And you yourself, you started and hoped in now, maybe at age 25, you're still depending on them for stipend or for, you know, assistance or you're still staying in their house because you don't even have option make that declaration today 
war. Bible says David fought the war. Solomon enjoyed the output of what David did. So begin to decree today that God will grant you grace. You're going to stand on the shoulder of your parents. It will lift you up. You stand on the shoulder of your parents. So which means you begin to do better than them. That the ancient of days, you, you won't have to go through the toiling, how they suffer to get where they are. And now you two, you're starting from the beginning. Because I don't know who this prayer point is, you know, or who, 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 who this issue is, you know, it's been directed to. But today, just decree it. Just decree it. Just decree it. Because that's the way it's been led, you know, been led up, up, upon my heart. You know, just decree it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That which your parents, you know, they've suffered for and one way or other they've been able to overcome. But you are seeing the same traces that you, you are starting from the beginning again, beginning to start, you know, to start struggling all through this, all over again, all over again, all over again. By the power in the name of Jesus, I decree that siege is over in the name of Jesus. I decree in the mighty name of Jesus, oh, that that period of toil is over in the name of Jesus. Are you going to decree today? We're going to decree today because I'm a chosen generation. That proposal that I'll be thinking of, I'm going to rework it and submit it. And it's going to be successful. Begin to decree in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That way that I've been looking, my, looking at myself, that I've belittled myself for a very long time. Today I rise up from that ashes in the name of Jesus because I'm a king's kid. You called me your friend. You called me your friend. You called me your whole. You called me a priest and a king. A chosen person. A chosen person. A royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. That's what you have called me. That's what you have called me. The prodigal son, when he looked at himself, when he was eating with the pigs, he looked at himself and said, How? What have I gotten myself into? Why am I eating with pigs? No, no, I will arise and go back to my father. I will arise and go back to my father. Brethren, if you do not toil with sin, devil does not have any right, any power over you. He doesn't have any right, no power over you whatsoever. Because you are a chosen generation and you must remain that. You must remain that. Don't toil with sin. Don't toil with sin. Don't toil with sin. Oh, glory be to your name. Honor to your name. Thank you, Jehovah. For we pray with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Our Heavenly Father will release ourselves unto you. We've shared your word. Said the entrance of your word gives light and gives understanding to the simple. Father, we pray that this word will begin to germinate on our hearts that you will take us to greater heights in the mighty name of Jesus you will take us from glory to glory you will change her level for better in the mighty name of Jesus Father you have called us men of valor men of valor and Father right from this moment indeed we will be men of valor in the mighty name of Jesus Glory be to your name. Thank you for answering our prayers. We will pray with thanksgiving in Jesus' name.